0: Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda. So glad you joined me. We have a uh, very good lesson. We're in Matthew chapter 24. Uh, it is full of a lot of information and also Matthew 24 is uh, has been very controversial. I mean there's a lot of um, different opinions about what it means and I'm just going to be real with you. We don't really know um uh, Everything that it means, uh, we we see through a glass darkly. So we're 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 studying the word of God, we're learning the word of God, but that doesn't mean that anybody knows all the truths that are found in this chapter, because there is a lot, and there's a lot that uh, the Holy Spirit has to reveal to us. And I don't believe um, anybody knows the, the 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 full meaning of Matthew 24. Um, but we're gonna we we're gonna give a stab at it because we want to understand at least what it says, so that when the Holy Spirit decides that you know I do want to bless them with some more knowledge and some enlightenment and give them some wisdom, He can drop it into our spirit because we read it, we know what's there, uh, and He can enlighten us. Amen. So that that's the whole purpose, actually, of us studying the Bible is that we want to know what it says in His Word. And we want to be prepared so that when the Holy Spirit decides to give us a deeper meaning of what we've read, uh, we are able to receive that because we know what it says, and He can speak to us and say and give us that deeper meaning. So, with that in mind, we're going to start um, uh, Matthew 24, and and as I said, we we, we know we're no way in no way going to exhaust everything that's here. Uh, I believe my mandate is to keep it simple. So um, I'm always going to try to keep it simple. Um, please don't try and get into any big debates with me uh, about Matthew 24. Because as I say, there's a lot of different opinions about um, what Jesus was speaking of. And you'll see as we start getting into uh, the chapter. But um, glad you joined me. And if this is your first time coming here, we read the scriptures together. We make sure we understand it. And then we try to make an application to our life as the Spirit gives us um, application. And we also, uh, I also post a new video by Wednesday every week. Uh, so if you subscribe to the channel, uh, especially YouTube channel, Reading Through the Bible, Elder Linda, uh, you'll be you'll be notified when a new video is posted. And remember, questions and comments are welcome. Uh, anytime that you have a question, don't hesitate to ask. And if I don't know the meeting, you know, I will search it out for you to get you the biblical answer. But last week we were, we finished chapter 23 and chapter 23 was an interesting chapter because in chapter 23, uh, Jesus gave a lot of woes to the scribes and the Pharisees. He talked about them really bad, uh, because they, he called them hypocrites, uh, vipers and, and snakes and, uh, it just wasn't a pretty picture. And we, we read that. We went through that because remember we said if, if God allowed it to be in the Bible, if he allowed it to be in the scriptures. He wants us to learn something from it. And the main thing he wanted us to learn from chapter 23 is that's not how I want y'all to be. Okay. Uh, you need to be humble. Don't be trying to get the best seats in the house. Don't be trying to be seen. Don't run after titles. Uh, you know, don't read your scripture on, on your head to make everybody see how holy you are. Oh, I know the Bible really well, and I do this. Okay, be humble about what what you're doing, amen. Because we are supposed to know the Bible, but not in a way where you're supposed to be trying to brag to people how much you know. Uh, and the Pharisees were doing all that. So, we read uh, 20 chapter 23 about what we should not do, we don't want to be like the scribes and the Pharisees. Um, In chapter 24, we're going to be talking about a lot. We're going to be talking about the destruction of the temple. We're going to talk about the signs of the times and the end of the age. We're going to talk about the great tribulation because there's tribulation and then there's the great tribulation. So we're going to get into the great tribulation and the second coming of Christ. We're going to talk about the parable of the fig tree um, and the fact that no one knows when Jesus is going to return or when the judgment day is going to, going to come. And then we're going to talk about the last part is the faithful servant uh, and the evil servant. What, what's going to happen to those servants? If you're faithful, what's going to, what you're going to get for being faithful? And if you're not faithful, what you're going to get for that? So, amen. So let's just start with the word of prayer since we have so much to cover. And I am not even going to try and guess how long it's going to take us to get through Matthew chapter 24. Um, I, I don't, I'm not trying to, to camp out here, but it's just so much information. There's 51 verses and we're just going to just take it as it comes and let the Holy Spirit lead us and we'll see how that goes. Amen. Amen. So let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God. Holy Spirit, we just come to you asking you to be the teacher. To open our eyes and our ears and our understanding, Lord God. Holy Spirit, if you don't show us, we won't know. Lord, we want to know you better. We want to get to know your word. You want to be prepared even for your second coming. So Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would prepare us and teach us your word. I pray for all those listening, Lord God, that their hearts will be prepared to hear the the lesson on tonight. And we give you all the praise and the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So, amen. Sorry if I'm sniffing. I'm just, uh, um, sinus things are trying to mess with me today. But we're not going to let that stop us. Okay, so I told you I had a lot of information. And Matthew chapter 24, this is like the most notes that I've made on any uh Chapter in the Bible that I've studied this far, and we've gone all through Genesis and we're almost through Matthew, but it's just so much here and so much information so uh I you know I'm just praying that the Holy Spirit help help me to see what should I leave out what should I say because uh some things I might leave out that I have on here because I know we're not gonna say everything that's that's that uh it's in my notes because it's just so much information. But we'll see enough that we'll get an understanding of what's in this chapter. How about that? Okay, so anyway, uh, Matthew chapter 24. This is Tuesday, um, three days before his crucifixion, Jesus' crucifixion, he'll be crucified on Friday. So this is the Tuesday before Friday. So we're going to start um oh, and also this is this is the this chapter and chapter 25. Jesus final major teaching before he is crucified remember he gave five discourses uh Matthew listed five discourses in his um in his book uh that Jesus taught and, and when we say discourses where he just paused sat down and just taught you know he just okay I'm gonna teach you something uh, we know everything he did was a lesson but there was like five major times where he just he he taught he gave major teachings so this would be the fifth one and the final one before, crucifixion and this is also Matthew 24 and 25 has been called um the Olivet Discourse because Jesus did this teaching on the mountain of Olivet on on the Mount of Olives I'm sorry so let's just get into that we're going to read verse let's start reading verse 1 and 2 in chapter 24 I'm in the King James Version it says, and Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. So they're showing him how beautiful the temple is. And Jesus said unto them, see ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. So according, now we're going to talk about this temple for a minute because we, we, you know, we can't go that far without us at least understanding some of the things that happened with the temple. So according to the Nelson study Bible, and I know some of you remember reading how David wanted to build God a temple and uh, God would not let David build him a temple. He said, your son is going to do it. So he, David actually got all the materials together because David was rich and he had a lot of, um, uh, um, uh, um, uh, materials and things that he could gather for his son. So David helped get all the materials ready to build the temple, but God didn't allow him to build it. Solomon is the one that built the temple. So the first temple ever built, and before the temple was built, you know, the children of Israel, uh, uh, the presence of God was in a tent. Well, the first temple they ever built was built by Solomon. That temple was destroyed at the time of the Babylonian captivity. So the children of Israel went into captivity to Babylon. God allowed Babylon to capture them because they were being disobedient. And at their judgment, he let them go into captivity in 586 BC. Now, uh, I don't want to assume everybody everybody knows what BC means. Uh, So we're going to make it real simple. BC, when you think of BC, just think of before Christ came. 586 years BC, before Christ was born. So uh, Babylon um took the children of Israel captive in 586 BC. And the Jews were in exile from 586 to 538 BC. So that was the first temple. It was destroyed by 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 uh, Babylon. Then in 538 BC, Persia defeated the Babylonians. So the king of Persia, Cyrus, and it had been prophesied that Cyrus was going to, to do this uh, way before he was even born. But he allowed the Jews to go back and rebuild their temple and, and, you know, go back to Jerusalem. And so they rebuilt the temple. Now, from what what you read, it's like the temple was nothing like what the original temple was, but, you know, they they did rebuild the temple. And the temple was completed in 516 B.C. Because the Temple of Solomon was 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 excellent. I mean, it's beautiful. It was awesome. Uh, so this temple that they built, uh, rebuilt after Solomon's Temple was torn down, it was okay. Then, approximately three hundred and thirty-three, three hundred thirty years before Christ, BC, uh, Alexander the Great, and I know you probably heard about him in your uh, history books in school and and whatnot. But Alexander the Great defeated the Persians, and began enforcing Greek culture. Okay, so, so you know i don't want I don't want to lose you here, so it started out the children of Israel was cap was um carried in captivity by the Babylonians who destroyed the temple. Then the Persians defeated the Babylonians, and the Persian king allowed the children of Israel to go back and rebuild their temple. so now you have Alexander the Great coming on the scene who defeats the Persians, and when he defeats the Persians, he felt he starts uh, enforcing the Greek culture and wanting everybody to be Greek, because he just thought Greek was Greek was the thing. After he died, his kingdom was divided between his four generals. Then, 198 BC, things began to get bad for the Jews under a Greek king called Ant- 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 Antiochus. I'm probably butchering his name. Antiochus IV. And Antiochus uh, was really, really ruthless and evil. He desecrated the temple. This is the second temple that they had built, right? He desecrated the temple uh, by offering and sacrificing a pig in the temple. And we know Jews, pigs were just an unclean animal. Jews had nothing to do with pigs. And uh, he forced the Jews to worship Zeus, which was one of their Greek gods. He forbid them to be circumcised. So this king was being really, really evil to them. He destroyed the scriptures. As many as he could find, he would destroy them. Uh, Anybody that that was caught circumcising their child was put to death. Uh, But so he killed, underneath him, thousands of Jews were killed and thousands more were put into slavery. And they even made sport of the Jews. So uh, he was just an awful person. But the way he treated the Jews, and, and I think the last straw is when they were supposed to be sacrificing to Zeus in, in in the temple, and and when they killed the pig in there and all that. So anyway, it started with a revolt. The Jews revolted, uh, and I know you heard about probably the Maccabees, um, but they revolted against what this was Antiochus was doing, and actually they won. They they revolted against what he was doing, and they won their of freedom, 142 BC, 142 years before Christ came. They won their freedom. Uh, that lasted about 80 years where the Jews was were free and not under, you know, uh, kind of ran their own city and everything. Then in 63 BC, that's 63 years before Christ came, the Romans conquered Palestine. So the Greeks, uh, so you had the Babylonians, then you had the Persians, then you had the Greeks. Now you have the Romans, who's conquering the Greeks. The Roman conquers Palestine, and in 63 B.C., and they had they put Herod the Great as uh, king of the Jews. And Herod the Great, as we know, was in power when Jesus was born. He was on the scene. And Herod the Great uh, was a builder. He loved building things. And he actually, you know, to gain favor with the Jews, he re he renovated the temple that they had, that they had built. So, and it wasn't just a small thing. He, I mean, it was, it was just fabulous. They had gold mixed in, uh, in, in parts of the building and, uh, he made it look, it, it was, it was awesome. He did an excellent job. It was like one of his greatest works that he had ever done, Um uh, so anyway, he he uh the temple was lavishly renovated by King Herod the Great. Uh, he began the renovation in 20 BC, 20 years before Christ came, and uh the temple was renovated and completed in AD 64. Now AD stands for Anno Dominis, A N N O D O M I N I. That's two separate words and basically uh when you say a d it just means um uh, after christ was born so b c is before christ was born this is the easiest way you can remember b c is before christ was born a d would be after Christ was born uh, so in sixty four like i said sixty four a d the um they completed they completed the temple uh the lavish temple and then in 66 AD, the Jews rebelled against the Romans. So there's another rebellion, different rebellion. They rebelled against the Romans. And this time they are not going to win though, because the Romans ended up defeating them and destroying in 70 AD. They destroyed their beautiful temple that Herod, the great had built. They destroyed the temple, um, knocking it all down and not one stone wasn't left upon another. And we're going to see how Jesus even predicted that. Uh, but just one day, you a rundown of this whole temple thing. Okay. So it went through a lot of hands. They did a lot of things. And this is uh, uh, the first time it was built by Solomon. Second time it was built by the Jews who were allowed to go back and rebuild their temple. And the third time it wasn't rebuilt, but it was renovated by Herod the Great. And and then it was destroyed. So the only thing left standing on that temple now, of course, you heard about the wailing wall. So the wailing wall is still there, uh, but everything else was torn down. So, in let's go to chapter, verse three. It says, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, talking about Jesus, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of the coming and of the end of the world? Now it says disciples here, but when you look that up in Mark chapter four, verse I mean Mark chapter 14, verse 3, it tells us specifically who these disciples were. Peter, James, John, and Andrew came to him asking him, Well, when is this temple going to be destroyed? You know, when is when is this going to be? Because now at this point. Uh when Jesus is talking to them, the Roman ha- it's not it's it's um around 30 AD. So uh 40 years from now, the temple is going to be, re- be destroyed. So right now the temple is full, it's beautiful, and this is what the disciples seeing. They're looking at what Herod the Great had 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 built. They're showing Jesus, oh, look how awesome this building is. Look at this, because Herod had did an excellent job. So they're showing Jesus all these beautiful things. But Jesus told them that I say unto you, that verily I say unto you, there shall not be left one stone upon another that should not be thrown down. So he's prophesying because this hasn't happened yet. But 40 years from now, in 70 AD, Jerusalem is going to be destroyed. So anyway, the disciples is asking him, so tell us what uh, what should what, what's the sign that, that we can see of, of this happening? What? It says, tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign in the coming of the end of the world? Verse four, and Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many, and because of iniquity, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold; but he that shall endure unto the end the same shall be saved; and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations; then shall the end come. So that is a, a, a lot of information that he gave them. Uh, as they were showing him the, the beautiful building and the renovation that Harold Herod had done, and Jesus had to tell him, it's going to be destroyed. It's going to be torn down. And this is another reason why we read before how when Jesus was doing the triumphal entry, riding in Jerusalem, he was weeping, even then, because Jesus knew Forty years from now, this is this this city this this uh, temple is not going to be here. It's not going to be anymore. So he knew that. In verse three, Jesus is already uh, with them, so we know that the disciples are asking about signs of his second coming because Jesus has already come. So they have to be asking him when uh, what is the sign that you're going to be coming, and what's the sign of the final judgment. So in verse four and five, Jesus warns that there will be many false Christs arising. He said, "But don't be fooled, because many will be deceived by them." So he's warning us: there's going to be some false, uh, false Christs. People, people that's rising up and saying they're Christ. So how we know they're going to be false? A way that we can know is just learn the Bible, know the scriptures, so you won't have. Uh, people coming to you with some crazy stuff because you can say, well, uh-uh, I didn't read that anywhere in the Bible. Show it, show it to me. Where is it in the Bible? Verse six, There were, there will be wars and rumors of wars, but don't be troubled. Because this has to happen. And we know there are wars and rumors of wars. We are in the last days because everything that we're reading about is... In the church age, this is going on right now during our damn time. So, you know, we said wars. And rumors. Okay, well, there's wars, and rumors of wars all over the place. Um, in verse seven, it says, there will be uh, wars between nations and kingdoms. There will be famines, food shortages. You know, I know we hear food shortages all the time. There'll be pestilences. Pestilences is like a fatal... Epidemic diseases, and come on, COVID is one of them. Is is was an epidemic that we just experienced. I'm just trying to show you how we're in these end times now. COVID was an epidemic, which came became greater and became a pandemic, a pandemic. So an ep- an epidemic is an outbreak affecting a small population. In very large numbers so it, it's an outbreak that this affects small population but a lot of people get affected by it so that that's a epidemic a pandemic causes large-scale listen to this large-scale social disruption now we know we were socially disrupted when COVID hit the United States we stayed in in our home. We all had to wear masks. This is something we've never done before. It was, I mean, not in my lifetime, anyway. Um, businesses were shut down, hospitals overflowed because of COVID, thousands of people died all over the world. So this just definitely upset our social, uh our social society. Also, now, Jesus is telling them what the signs of the times are going to be. This is just some of the things that they're going to see, which we've been seeing. You're also going to see earthquakes in many parts of the world. In 2018, in Indonesia, there was an earthquake that killed 4,300. I'm just going to name a couple of them. In 2015, in Nepal, in N-E-P-A-L, there was an earthquake that killed 8,800. In 2023, recently, in Turkey and Syria, I know we saw that on the news, there was over 50,000 people killed in that earthquake. So the earthquakes are happening. Everything Jesus tell telling them to look for is happening right now. Verse 8, says, all this is just the beginning of sorrows. Don't be alarmed. So even though we're seeing all this, we're seeing the COVID, we're seeing that these diseases run rapid, we're seeing these new strands come up, Uh, of the epidemic and we're seeing the earthquakes and the pestilence and all this, even though you're seeing all this, he's saying, don't be alarmed. This is only the beginning. Oh, my gosh. If this is the beginning, I don't know. Oh, we better get ready. Because even this was, was rough. Just seeing all those people die, I, I remember looking at something on Facebook when the uh, when we when the COVID first started hitting us in, in such a horrible way. And on Facebook they had uh, hundreds of cars outside this hospital because of course when COVID hit you couldn't even be in there with your loved one. Your loved one died alone, so they had all these people out there praying for their loved ones at their cars because they couldn't go into the hospital. And oh my heart just, just went out. It's like, oh my gosh, I've never seen this. And they were crying and praying to God. They were actually singing. And it was, it was like a it was an awesome sight as far as people were reaching for God. But it, you know, just the what was going on was so horrible that people are up there dying by themselves. But Jesus said, This is gonna happen, and it's just the beginning of sorrow. And why is this happening? Because there's sin in the world, because God's judgment is about to fall. Okay? It has nothing to do with God wanting this to happen. No. Sin was in the world. Men because of men lawlessness, this is happening. But he said, don't be alarmed. In verse 9 through 10, he said the people of God will be persecuted, killed, and will be hated because we are Christians. And many will fall away and begin to hate one another and betray each other. So, we have to be made. This is going to happen. We're going to be persecuted. You're going to go through something. If they hated Jesus, they're going to hate you. It's going to happen as a Christian. So, get ready. Get ready to go through some things. Verse 11 says, many deceiving false prophets will arise and deceive many. So, you know, and I hope we're not the kind of people that every time you hear there's a prophet ministry that you you're running all over town. Ooh, I'm gonna go get me a word. I'm gonna get a word. Go get a word from this prophet. Okay, that's nothing wrong with that per se, but don't be at the point where that's the only way you're hearing from God is when you go and let a prophet speak over you. You should be on your knees. We should be on our knees, hearing from God. On a one-on-one basis, God should be able to talk to us directly. Uh, We shouldn't have to uh, wait until the prophet come in town once or twice a year for us to hear from God. We should be listening and hearing from God on a regular basis. Amen. And if we're not, there's no shame in that. Just say, God, I want to hear your voice for myself. I want to be able to hear you whenever you're speaking, because we talked about that before. God speaks in many ways, and he wants to talk directly to you. He don't want you to have to wait once or twice a year to the prophet come to your church for you to hear the word from God. No, he wants to talk to you every single day. He wants to have a conversation with you about everything that you're doing. Amen. So get get in a relationship with him so you won't be uh, deceived by the false prophets that are going to arise. Verse twelve said, because of the iniquity, lawlessness, and sin, and the love of many will turn cold. So, because of sin, remember, he said, because of sin in the world, a lot of things are gonna are gonna happen. And if just if your if your love is cold, that means you don't love God, you don't love people. Oh, sin is gonna run rapid because you have nothing keeping you from keeping those commandments. If because if you love God, you keep His commandments. And if I love you, I'm not going to do all those things against you, lying against you, uh, uh, you know, uh, whatever. I'm not going to do anything against you if I love God and if I love you. So, and if you look at the first four commandments, the first four commandments shows our love for God. The last six shows our love for people. And if that love has grown cold, we're going to be committing all kinds of offenses. But verse verse 13 says, he who endures to the end will be saved. And to endure, that means you have to remain, you persevere, you bear the trials. So we're going to get ready, get ready, get get prayed up, get to know the Lord, because trials and tribulations are going to come. In other words, he who does does not give up and throw the towel in is going to be saved. And to be saved, that word in... uh, a strong concordance could mean to be, to, to be delivered, to protect, to heal, to be made whole. Verse 14, this is the last verse and then we're going to stop it here. It says, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world before the end comes. And of course, in Revelation chapter 14, verse 6 tells us that there will be an angel released to preach the gospel to all nations and all people. So God does not, uh, it's, it's not as real that any of us should perish. And he said, this is the beginning of sorrows. And that word sorrows mean birth pain. So all these things that we're going to see, the COVID, the earthquakes and everything that we're going to see is only the beginning of birth pains. This is, this is not the end yet. We're going to see a lot more devastation. And next week, we're going to get into some of that devastation because I just want you to get an idea of what the book of Revelation says is going to be happening. At the great tribulation. So we're going to talk about that next next week. We're running out of time. But I just want to invite any of you to the channel. Who have not accepted Christ into your heart. Please go to my YouTube channel. Read through the Bible Elder Linda. There's a playlist there with two videos. One called The Sinner's Prayer. The other one is teaching about salvation. Where you be informed why you need Jesus. And given scriptures as to why you need Jesus. So that you'll know Um, why you do need him and that you can give your heart to him, amen? Because time is winding up. And even as we read about the great tribulation that's coming, I'm hoping that will put a fire in some of you that are dragging your feet about giving your heart to the Lord because this is real. This is going to happen. Just like Jesus came the first time, he's going to come again the second time, amen? Amen. Let's just close in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Jesus, that you are coming back again. We ask that you prepare us, that you get us ready, oh God, for what's about to hit this earth, what's coming on this earth. Father, help us to be diligent. Help us to be steadfast and unmovable. And help us to stand in the face of tribulation, oh God. We love you, we honor you, and we praise you, oh God. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'll see you next week.